Hi, it's Jessica Martinka with Martinka Consulting and our Getting the Deal Done podcast guest today is Charlie McGee with FranNet. And FranNet provides a no-cost guidance, education, and networking to individuals interested in starting their own business through franchise ownership. And Charlie is going to talk a little bit more about himself and what FranNet does. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time today to be on our guest on our podcast. Well, Jessica, thanks for the invitation. Great to be with you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you know, yourself and FranNet? Sure, happy to. Um, well, you got it. FranNet is a franchise consultancy. We help match uh, prospective business owners to a proven business model that's a good fit for them. There's leverage their strengths, their goals, and their budget so they can realize for what for a lot of people is a lifelong dream of being their own boss in a successful business. I've been uh, a franchise consultant for the last nine years with FranNet, working with people in Washington State. And it's just a ton of fun. Um, I'm, um, I had a corporate background before coming to, before starting this at the end of 2012. I worked for Pearl Vision for 17 years and Sonus Hearing Care Professionals for about three years. And those are two examples of businesses that used franchising to grow and my experience there was in management and operations and, and training. Um, but that's been an interesting uh, way to support candidates that are kind of thinking, gosh, is this a good fit for me? You know, do I have what it takes in order to be successful as a, as a business owner and as a franchisee? So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So when you say a good fit, uh, you know, when we help people buying businesses and they're buying an established business, uh, a good fit for us is people who have an experience in managing people, money, processes, and, you know, their enthusiasm. What would be a good fit and a, let's say a ideal client profile for a franchise? Jessica, it's really those same elements. Uh, the spectrum of the types of franchise businesses that are out there are wide. Uh, there's businesses that are, you know, business to business and have com uh, commercial uh, customers. There are those that are, have residential services. But, but across the board, what they have in common is that an, an owner, a franchisee, needs to be able to recruit, train, manage, lead, and inspire a team. It might be a team of two, or it might be a team of a hundred. It just depends on the business and the, the, you know, they're only limited kind of by their scope of how big a business they want to build. Um, usually, you know, our typical client's 50 years old. And so they've already been in uh, generally a corporate career path for 
you know, often a good 25 years. And during that time, they've, you know, built a, a resume of experience, solving problems, building teams. Um, you know, they may have come through a kind of a business development track and sales and sales management. They may have come th more through, you know, finance and accounting or HR uh, or operations and training. Um, but what usually people that have that kind of corporate experience, what they have in common are, you know, great communication skills, you know, they're organized, they have a high level of personal leadership um, and, they're, and they're extremely motivated, you know, goal oriented. Those are, those are the qualities that a franchisor is looking for in candidates that are a good match for helping them grow their brand. And that's, you know, that's where I come in. I'm kind of like an executive recruiter looking for people that have this background and the interest and motivation and, you know, kind of burning desire to build a business. So when I think, I think a franchise, I think of Subway, Hairmasters, what are some other types of, because you said there's residential ones and business to business and there's a broad, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things and new ones coming, you know, being developed and coming to market, you know, every day, there's about 4,000 different franchise brands in the U S FranNet uh, does a great job kind of vetting those who want to be in our inventory of options. Um, and we keep a, kind of a careful balance so we have a lot of different you know kind of something for everyone um some kind of verticals where there's you know have been strong over the years and still are in like let's say the b2b space um franchises in staffing in uh sign manufacturing um in uh, business tra business coaching sales training um uh, executive forum, you know, roundtable uh, type businesses. Yeah, now um, that you say that, I actually am thinking of those kind of those kind of franchises. I would have never thought. About sure. That. Oh, that's uh, good. Commercial cleaning has been huge in the last year, you know, with COVID and the additional needs that uh, location-based facilities, um, you know, for the safety of their employees need. Uh, for cleaning and, uh, you know, just all the protocols that have been in place with COVID. Um, and residential uh, cleaning has never been more popular either. People have this new awareness and, you know, conscientiousness about wanting to really manage their environment. So those businesses, they'll probably survive through this pandemic. <laughs> Well, there, you know, some of those businesses are thriving. I mean, some of them had their had record years in 2020. Uh, not just in terms of, you know, new franchise development, but in terms of their existing systems, those franchisees in those businesses, you know, have, have really thrived. Um, and, you know, think about it, we've all been home. So you look out the window and you look at your backyard and you think, gosh, you know, that deck really needs, a, you know, an upgrade. And, you know, I'd sure like the grass to be a little healthier and, and every other little thing you can think of, um, 
people haven't been traveling, they've had more disposable income. And so those at-home services have really flourished. Yeah, I know. Um, I normally take a walk. It's called Goat Hill every Wednesday. And over the last month or so, everybody's been getting their yard done, their <laughs> pressure washing, everybody up there. So I understand that. Sure. Um, so I'd say I, when we do help our, our clients and business uh, buyers, they are looking to come into an established business again and grow it. Uh, how many of your franchisees are looking to grow compared to just being a business owner? Well, you know, I think the, um, it's really up to each person, right? So some people come into it. We talked about like, you know, something that is a good fit would be a match for their goals for business ownership. So, and to, to tell you, as I think about all the hundreds of people that I've worked with, you know, one of the factors for the characteristic, an important characteristic of the business to you is the potential for significant growth. And I would say nine times out of 10, that is one of the factors that someone is looking for. Now, if you dig a little deeper and say, well, I like to use the five-year home run uh, picture or visual, you know, think, think ahead five years. We, we're having a conversation five years from now. You're looking back. What would a home run for the business look like? You know, how much money would you be making? How big a team would you have built? You know, what's the, you know, kind of filling in all those different pieces. And, you know, for some people, they don't need a huge amount of income in order to, you know, achieve the life that they want to. The, their, the, their autonomy with their time might be just as big a factor in finding something that's a great fit. Maybe they've been traveling a lot. I, I, I used to hear this a lot. Uh, they travel all the time in their corporate job. They're away all the time. They're sick of it. I know I was when I was at that point in my career and you know, it'd be worth it to them to, even if they were making a little less to have more work-life balance. So, um, and then on the, I mean, I'm working with a, a couple right now who is considering a area development opportunity where they would grow the business into uh, you know, a very large territory, which would involve building a significant team over a period of time, you know, uh, staged kind of strategic growth is one of the, is part of the value that a, that a, a good, strong, experienced franchisor offers so that somebody doesn't bite off more than they can chew, you know, too quickly. Mm -hmm. And there's some some key performance indicators and some benchmarks for when it makes sense to, you know, add another vehicle, add another territory, hire an additional crew, um, just depending on what the business is, uh, where those, you know, how to get there. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think another important part of it is when you're looking at a franchise, being able to talk with enough 
other franchisees who are in the system and doing what it is that you're, that, that's one of the big differences between looking at existing businesses because there's sure there's that one business, the plumbing business or the winery or, you know, whatever it might be. And the owner, the seller, you know, has their motivations for selling, which a buyer is going to, and you and John are going to help them kind of get to that point where there's an understanding about, okay, what, what is it that's prompting the sale and looking inside the business and trying to, you know, piece together a, a, a realistic, clear, um, vision of the business and just kind of where it is and where it can go and how a buyer can grow it by adding, you know, their unique strengths and experience and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with a franchise to some degree by talking with other owners who are not your competitors, but, you know, are your colleagues within that franchise system to say, hey, you know, what was your original vision for your business? How big did you want to get? And then by talking about, you know, how long they've been in it, the challenges, the obstacles, the struggles they may have had to get to where they are, and just as importantly, you know, what worked? Um, what are the, what's the ingredient for success with that particular business, with that particular franchise? And so as clients are doing that due diligence, they really start to get, you know, a, a better idea. I wouldn't say with perfect certainty, but they get a pretty good idea of, well, gosh, if I do what these other franchisees have done, we have similar backgrounds, um, you know, and I work hard, I, you know, there's, there's some likelihood, there's some predictability that I could do it too, um, which kind of gets to the point. And I think, you know, our clients, your clients, my clients, everybody, I mean, one of the things that they all have in common or they need to have in common if they're going to be successful is a really deep belief in themselves. You know, they have to feel like, you know, I can do this. And um, yes. You know, I agree uh, with that. I agree with yeah. that. Um, so you were saying earlier that um, FranNet vets the franchises. Yes. So what, I don't know if you see this or not, but what would be, you know, some red flags in a franchise? Yeah, good question. So there's a few things. One of them uh, which I just touched on is validation. So when you talk with franchisees in the system or even those that have left, if, you know, a, a, a trend starts to emerge, you know, what is it that people are saying about it? Were they able to reach their goals? Do they feel well supported? What was the quality of the initial training? Um, you know, and just do the unit economics work? You know, are they... Are, are, you know, is their, is their experience with the business materially different than what they expected it to be based on what was provided in the franchise disclosure document and what the franchisor shared with them? Um, so that, so validation is a, is a big one. Uh, another red flag is, especially for emerging franchises. So when they don't, when they haven't reached that enterprise level, there's just a few of them. And sometimes it's a micro emerging. I mean, they may, they may not have had any franchises yet. They have a good solid business, 
they've decided to th their strategic growth plan is through franchising rather than putting their own money into it, raising capital, you know, opening new markets, hiring teams of people. Um, they're going to grow their brand regionally or nationally through franchising. Um, you know, what is, what is their track record for, you know, for replicating that business? You know, does the recipe work? You know, if you're going to, teach somebody how to prepare, you know, bake a cake, you need to have a recipe and you need to have tried it a few times to make sure that that recipe works and that you could teach somebody how to, how to replicate it. Um, so it's riskier for businesses, for franchises that are, uh, that, that don't have that many, don't have as much of a track record. I mean, that's intuitive. I guess on its face, you'd say, yeah, well, of course that's true. Um, and those are still attractive to some people because of being first to market, having the best territories available to them. And if they line up really well with that particular business, with that particular franchisor, you know, the leadership of the franchisor, they then sometimes they're willing to take that additional risk um, and launch the business, knowing that there's not going to be as much infrastructure with that franchise as there is with, you know, uh, 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 Supercuts, you know, that's been around for many years or, you know, any of a number of other, uh, you know, Meineke car care services or mm. Express Employment or, you know, these are just a few of the brands we work with that, you know, have been around for years and have strong household brand recognition. So let's go, let's flip it and okay. uh, tell us a success story of a client. Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's... Um, you know, I think of it, I guess our, my kind of recent, uh, more recent placements are, I, I love these stories when someone, we work together because maybe they're in a, a job transition, they get laid off. So we connect, we talk about what their ideal business model might look like and what they want, and the timing isn't right for them. You know, they what usually happens, Jessica, is they get a job offer. And even though they like to kind of go their own way and be more independent, they're the, the lure of that, you know, known paycheck um, and benefits and, you know, these things that make us feel comfortable, it's just too strong. And so they take the job. And then about three years later, when there's been another layoff, uh, they call me. And then we talk about it again. Um, and so, uh, you know, sharpening the pencil a little bit each time on, you know, okay, what, you know, what is just the right budget and the right kind of business and what's your role in the business need to be and so forth. So um, I, I placed somebody in a, um, in a commercial landscape maintenance franchise last September who I had worked with at three different times. He'd been laid off by Best Buy uh, and then was all in middle management positions. Um, first it was Best Buy, then it was Toys R Us, then it was Kohl's. And 
Um, we, we looked at some things each time and uh, I talked to him. In fact, he was, uh, he did a favor for me and was on an owner panel just a, a week or so ago. And uh, he's, he's six months in and the thing he said, which I really resonated was, I wish that I had done this 10 years ago. Um, they just moved to Camino Island. His business is thriving and, you know, he's just loving it. Um, I'm another guy that I worked with. I, I was looking at my list of clients and he's the second client I ever worked with. And back in January of 2013, same deal. We, we, uh, we talked, he ended up getting another job. He popped up a couple of times and summer before last. So the fall of 2019, he launched his, um, it's a fitness equipment maintenance business with uh, residential and commercial application. And it, it frankly, it really was primarily commercial, but then COVID hit and you know, the hotel nobody was traveling. So the hotel contracts and the gyms closed and so forth. And they, as a franchise system pivoted more toward homeowners. And of course, everybody was at home trying to work out. I don't know if you like tried to look for a treadmill or any kind of home fitness equipment last year. I heard it was pretty tough. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, you yeah. were going to find one. So everybody had their gym set up in the garage. You know, we did too. And, you know, and their business boomed. Um, I mean, he was off to a great start before COVID hit. There was a pause or some retooling and then boom, right off to the, uh, right off to the. So that's a great story. I yeah. like that a lot. So, well, Charlie, I think this was an excellent podcast myself. Well, good. And if anybody wants to, uh, let's see, buy a franchise or see if they're right match for a franchise, how would they get a hold of you? Well, I'm kind of an old-fashioned guy. I like them to just call me. Um, they can reach me at 360-489-2153. Um, they can email me, mcgee at friendnet.com. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Charlie McGee, M-A-G-E-E. -E. And, you know, one way or another, we can connect. But I'm uh, famously patient and uh, uh, am, have been called a, a, an extremely good listener. So I'm not a salesy guy and love to help. And if there's anything I can do to help somebody, I'm, I'm keen to doing it. Thanks for the invitation to join you, Jessica. I love what you and John do. It's unique in the market and, you know, look forward to working together. Oh, well, thank you, Charlie.